Hey, welcome everybody back to the Worship Recap. Today, we're going to be talking about three certain things, resource recognition and reaction. The resource, we're going to talk about planning center and the value of having that in your church. Second, we're going to talk about worship leaders being held accountable for the songs they choose. And then lastly, we're going to react to an incredible song that I can't wait to get to, which is Glory, Honor, Power by Influence Music. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Worship Recap. You heard us talk a little bit about what we're going to unpack, Planning Center. We're going to talk about worship leaders being held accountable, and that's just not staff members. That's anybody that is actively engaged in leading worship in any capacity. And then we're going to react to the song, Glory, Honor, Power by Influence Music. That specific one, there are probably others out there, but that's the one we're going to hit on. So let's just jump right in. Planning Center. PC, whatever you want to call it, the mecca of churches. Again, like last time we talked with ProPresenter, Planning Center is another common, user-friendly, popular, whatever you want to say. It is a great resource for churches. Now, within Planning Center, there are many aspects that you can dive into. So let's just stay broad, big umbrella, Planning Center here. First, what is it? And what are all the things you can do with it? And within that, I know you, you'll talk a little bit about how you guys use it currently where you're serving. So let's dive into Planning Center, man. Yeah, so uh, Planning Center is a um, is basically a church management software system. So it's a scheduling deal you can give through it. I mean, again, most people or most companies that have uh, some type of software like this are, are going to have giving uh, included as well. That's That's part of it. Um, but Planning Center separates itself. Number one, I think it's the the top of the line, just like we talked about last week with ProPresenter. It's top of the line when it comes to church management uh, systems. They are super responsive, really easy, user-friendly. Uh, they've got many apps that control different things uh, from kids check-in to uh, planning services to groups to scheduling rooms without for, th- in and throughout your facility. I mean, it's got multiple layers to this huge, great empire of Planning Center. And <laughs> Planning Center is uh, one of those just, like I said, top of the line, user-friendly, but must-haves. I think, for the church. And the reason is because not only do I use it, you can plan your services, time them down to the, you know, to the second if you want to, or you can use it as just kind of a guide, depending upon how your church is. You've got kids check-in. That's really, really, really up to date. And so one thing I love about Planning Center is that they always are maturing their processes and they're always adding more tech stuff, more easy uh, easy stuff to use when it comes to the tech environment, and it's easy to implement. We're not talking about, oh, hey, I did this, and now you got to do five things to figure yep. this out and, and how to do it. No, it's usually just within their app, and it's used right then, right there on Sunday morning. Planning Center is, is it, like I said, church management software for Sunday morning. So if you're looking for a high quality, the best top of the line, I believe Planning Center is probably the option you're going to go with. Now, again, there's many of them out there. There's, there's too many to talk about, okay? So wh- whatever church management software you're using, we know, okay, here's the big thing. I know the headache of having this conversation with yep. 
anybody else on staff because once everybody gets used to using something, they don't want to switch to something else. And so usually you have churches that are using planning center, like worship leaders like me that are using planning center, but they're not using the church management software side of it as well. And so it's, it's, it would be great to all have it in one, you know, but that's a big decision. And so you're going to have to manage that by yourself, but planning center, you need to go online right now. If you haven't go online, uh, go to planningcenter.com. It will take you through so many resources. There are helpful videos to kind of help you understand the layers of it. And here's one huge thing. When you order Planning Center, you can pick which ones you need for your church. It's customizable. It's not this like all in one, I have to pay this huge fee. No, you pay whatever you you, you choose to use in Planning Center, you pay for and so, uh, and then obviously the people, the, the, the kind of like the, the back end where you house all your people and how you connect with them, that's all a uh, part of the free part. But the, the ways that you use them are the things that you're going to pay for. So check it out, Planning Center Online, great resource, resource for the church and one that I highly, highly recommend for every single person that is a worship leader like me who is planning services, which is Again, planning services, that's that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, but this is top of the line. I would never use anything else. Yeah, and there's so many things within it, like you talked about. I mean, me, like not being on staff anymore, volunteering, I can go to my phone right now, click. I have a widget set up on my home screen, if y'all people are familiar with that. I can click on it, and it shows me the next time I'm serving, I can unpack stuff. There's notes, and you can do all kinds of stuff with it. So even as a non-staff member, there's still so much value to it. So if you're at a church, if you're yeah. on staff at a church or not, unpack it with people at your church. Is the cost worth it? The a la carte things. Do we need this? Do we need that? Like what aspects are we going to use? So it's great. Mm-hmm. Check it out for sure. I love it. I mean, I've used it places. So it's definitely one to look into. And that is an easy segue into the recognition portion of today, which we're going to talk about accountability. Planning Center is big for that because when you put together a service, in whatever capacity if you're kids minister, worship minister, youth, it doesn't matter. You talked about it a little bit. You can plan a service down to the T, I mean, to the second, and who's doing what, lighting, anything you want to do, giving, check-in, all that stuff. It is helpful for accountability because you could say, hey, look, you agreed to serve this week and you didn't show up or whatever, anything. So let's just keep that in mind in this next topic as we unpack a little bit of accountability We've talked a little bit some in that last episode. We want to focus on that now. Accountability is big. I like to say the only people that don't like accountability are the ones that are trying to hide something. And so it's easy if you have nothing mm-hmm. to hide. So especially yeah. be it on mm-hmm. staff at a church, if you're serving, playing an instrument, singing, running pro presenter like we talked about last week, lights, sound, whatever, it doesn't matter in some capacity of worship. Why, especially for you, on staff, why is accountability so important? Yeah, I mean, I think accountability, obviously, for everyone involved is huge because, number one, you're serving the body. So it's necessarily not about you. And if you uh, are just flippantly kind of just, ah, well, I just serve in this area, and you think of it as a small issue, no, your addition to serving the body on Sunday morning is helping build up the body in real time throughout the service. And again, we don't, no one likes awkward transitions. No one likes awkward pauses. Uh, everything is, is intentional usually by someone who's scheduling you uh, to be uh, for the benefit of the body. And so that Christ can be magnified, not only through your serving, yeah. but also through what's going on within uh, the worship service. Uh, so accountability is huge for those serving 
in there. But uh, one area of accountability I want to talk about is worship leaders holding themselves accountable. Now, what would I mean by that? Yeah. Um, worship yeah. leaders holding yourself accountable. Number one, uh, obviously, uh, uh, anybody who is um, someone who's not prepared, who may be lazy, uh, those things are going to experience frustrations down the line because, again, people serving with you, they're, they're going to—they're not dummies. They're going to see it, and they're going to see that things aren't prepared, things aren't set well in its place, and, it, and it's just a stress to serve. And most likely, you're going to have people just kind of head out the, uh, the other way and kind of leave. But other than that, one of the—actually, the, I think the biggest area of accountability for a worship leader is choosing—now, well, not— I guess the way you live is the number one, but sure. beyond that, in your actual doing of your job as a worship leader is choosing the songs that you sing. Now, why would I mention that? Last podcast, we kind of touched about it a, li- a little bit, but the biggest thing is the songs that you sing are extremely important because they're teaching people theology. They're teaching people and, and what to believe. And then they're taking that and they're singing it throughout the week and they're using it in their lives to build their theology. And so why is that so important? Well, if you get it wrong, how then is it going to impact the believer and the body? And again, if you can't defend it, you know, don't do it. That's the simplest way to say it. If you can't defend it, don't do it. Because it is extremely important for us to, as worship leaders to hold ourselves accountable because the songs we sing actually shape the way people believe. Yeah. And if the way that we're shaping people's belief is in a manner that is flippant, what I mean by that is like, oh, well, we're just doing the most popular CCM song or whatever multi-tracks released or whatever the newest artist released. Because it's super popular, we're going to do it. And we don't actually think about what the song is saying. That that should be a huge cause for concern. And again, number one, your job is to be a pastor, a shepherd over the congregation, not to be a talented person up there. Who cares if you can sing and who cares if you got all the pipes? If you're teaching the people of God something wrong theologically and biblically, you're leading them astray. And so that should be of the utmost serious of, of, of measures that you put in place so that you are singing songs that are not only glorifying God, but it's building up the body and it's building them up in the way of shaping the way that they believe. At our church, we have a, a big saying called, uh, know the word so that you can be the church. And part of knowing the word is a part of singing it. Singing. You know, people used mm. to say this all the time when I was growing up. People don't tell lies they or Christians them. don't tell lies. Yeah. They sing them. And the reason they say they sing them is because every a lot of worship leaders are just flippantly doing whatever they think sounds good or doing whatever they think rhymes together or whatever the the case is. And they're not thinking about the people. What am I actually saying that the people are believing? And then how am I held accountable for that? You know, we talk about all the time, pastors are held accountable uh, by teaching the word. And those who are false prophets, those who are false teachers, you know, are, are held accountable to that measure. Well, let me tell you, worship leaders, you are no exception. That's right. You are also teaching. You are also pastoring and you are also shepherding people. You are not an exception. You don't get to just have a pass on this one. You have to be held accountable. Now, what, what about if you're out there and you're going, well, what 
I feel I hear what you're saying, but I'm not trained biblically. I really don't know if it's going to be a good song or not. Well, hey, I can totally 100% get where you're coming from. And I've been there. And here's what I did. Let me give you some, let me give you some great advice. Here's what I did. What I did is I chose to start going through songs on my own and start intently, you know, with intention to weed out the songs that I know are absolutely that, that, that it's not going to work. Where, where I'm not going to be teaching this to the congregation. Then also songs that you think that potentially could work. But again, do not make it to where the buck stops with you. Make sure that you take that. And here's what I did. I took it and I took it to uh, our teaching pastor and our uh, lead pastor. And I said this, I need your help to hold me accountable. And what I need by that is, is I need you. I'm going to send you songs. I need you to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I don't need you to like, you know, kind of do, whoa, that's awesome. You see all that? Yeah, for those that are Um, watching. I don't need you to, uh, to, to like describe it. To me, it's simple. Either it is good for the body to sing because I've already made my mind up. I'm not changing a lyric just to make the song work because I know the congregation is going to download that song and they're going to hear the lyric that the actual artist used and me changing a lyric in my church is actually not teaching them anything. It's actually kind of skipping just just assuming that they're listening to you and they're going to believe you over that when it's hypothetically, or actually not even hypothetically, realistically is what I should say. That's not going to happen. So what I do is I, I send them these songs and I say, send them back to me with a yay or nay. And those yays I put in that category of, okay, I'm going to sing this to our church because I know I want my congregation or I want the congregation I'm a part of to know the word. What is the best way to know the word? If you track it all the way back, all right, let's go all the way back. You know what they used to do to know the word, to memorize the word? They used to <laughs> sing, sing it. it. Mm-hmm. They used to sing the word. And that's how it got so far down deep in their soul. And they were, they, it, would, it would come up in their memory and they could remember it at, the, at, at, at any time. They could just bring it to their uh, remembrance. And so within that, with songs today, that's so important. If you want to bring a song to someone's remembrance, make sure it's a song that you did the due diligence of being a pastor and a shepherd over that you did exactly what you were supposed to do and called to in the measure of leadership that you're in and in the stance of leadership you're in, that you did everything you knew how possibly to make sure that this song is uplifting to Christ and he is magnified and that the body is singing something they can firmly stand on as a solid foundation and not one that's just going to fall out from under them, especially when trials or when troubles come, because that's usually when they start bringing up these songs and and they start bringing up this whatever faith stuff and all other things. And again, it's not that it's not wrong, but your job as a worship leader, okay, is to make sure that the Sunday morning worship experience, you have not just scheduled it well. You have not just put four songs in there. You have not just picked the best songs, the most fa- your most favorite songs. That's another topic. Or, uh, or the top songs from uh, CCM or wherever else you listen to, that you are doing songs that are building up the body of Christ and that are solid theologically and biblically. 
Yeah, and I, I think there are so many routes that we can go with in this topic alone. This this is one accountability for people in worship we'll come back to multiple times because there are, again, there's so many things you can unpack. But like you said, starting with just the simple, well, it's not a simple task, but it is something that we just need to think of. Like first, the song choice does matter. <clears throat> but But even beyond yes. that, you know, we can get into things like, hey, just because you're choosing a phenomenal biblical song, are you doing it in a way that people can sing? You know, this is something you do a great job at, and you've challenged me like, hey, um, maybe you can, like you as a worship leader, can sing this song a certain range, key for those familiar with music at all. But if your people can't, maybe they want to, hey, drop it down. It's not about you. So it's not just choosing your song, but it's how is it done? Let's say in a performance sense, quote unquote, you know, and that using that word, but because we can get into what are you doing the night before? Like me, when I was actively leading worship every week, I had to be careful of what I drank or ate the night before because of what it did to my throat and my body because I'm sensitive like dairy products and sugar. So it might tighten up my throat, might make me not feel good. So I had to be careful. I had to hold myself accountable, even if I wanted to eat ice cream. And so there's a lot of things mm-hmm. we can get into, but if the goal is with that. If you're involved in worship, worship is a lifestyle. We'll talk about that a lot. Absolutely. Think about the songs. It's not about you, but also if you mentioned a lot of different roles, if you're at any capacity, church, any size, there is somebody that you can have, have help with being held accountable. A deacon, an elder, a staff member, you should have a friend in the church, even if it's just your husband or wife, somebody that you're talking to, depending on who's leading worship, whatever the case. Like You should be talking to somebody about what you're doing. Like Don't make it about yourself. That's the end-all, be-all, right? Yeah, and, and don't find people that agree with you. Yeah, Find both people sides. who are stand biblically strong, whether it's whether it's for you or against you when you're bringing something up. Because again, when you when you say this phrase, you're if you make this about you, you'll lose every time. Yep. There you there's no there's no win if you make it about you. And so if it's because if you're bringing it to them and you get offended because they don't like it, again, why would you bring it to them if all you were doing it was focusing it on what your opinion was? Again, this is where humility comes in. You really have to humble yourself and realize that you're a part of a team and your word is not the final word. And it's probably not the most professional or knowledgeable word. Yep. Okay. You could be out there and they are probably in that category. Many worship leaders are 30 and under. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to tell you, you're not the most knowledgeable. Amen. You're not the one to be picking the songs or, or maybe picking the songs, but not the one to be um, assuming that this thing lines up. Yeah. Holding yourself accountable doesn't just benefit you, it benefits your team. And it doesn't just benefit your team, it benefits the body. And it and when everyone is benefited because Christ is being glorified and the body's being uplifted by scriptural biblical songs that can be backed, this is when incredible things happen within the church. A lot of momentum can happen especially in that. And and you mentioned some things too. There are some things that you can do as a worship leader like you know, the night before, and then there's some checklist things. 
and and I think in a, in a future episode, we'll go yeah, over all those sure. things. What do worship leaders do? How do you prepare for a service? If you're a team member, or if you're a whatever, if you're on the team, how do you prepare for this? And for people who are congregants, how um, how they should understand what people are doing to serve them in the body is, and that's a that's a a big part of it too. But I know we got to move on to. Um, the uh, reaction for today. Yeah, absolutely. So serving the body accountability is a big deal. And with that, we want to dig into a song that we have both done. We've done together in services. And this is one that's called Glory, Honor, Power. This is a, well, in my opinion, it's a powerful song. I love a lot of things about it. Uh, I mean, if you haven't heard it, if you haven't heard of the group, go check them out. I love a lot of their stuff, but especially this one, man, just some of the stuff. So Phil, walk us through maybe specific lines or overall picture, whatever it may be about this song that has you leading it. Cause you guys do this where you are serving, right? This is one that y'all actively sing. Yes. Yeah. So tell us yeah, why. Yeah. So like, yeah, we currently do this song. It's a, it's a really great song. Actually, I recommend if you're a worship leader, this should absolutely be a song on the list. Now it has a guy and a girl uh, um, leading this song. And so uh, sometimes that can be hard for some teams because you only have a certain amount of people. Uh, But when you go through the lyrics and you go through this, you can really, really, really understand, man, biblically, check, theologically, check, melody, check, uh, musical um, arrangement, check. So uh, just quickly kind of go through this. Some of the most, uh, what I love about these songs like this is they're so simple in lyric, but the simplicity brings about so much power because uh, one thing I'm a big fan of is you. all you need to do is just say it. You don't have to say yep. it and then describe 10 things about it. You know, it's not, it, you can get to the point really quick and this song does such a great job. And it just, man, I couldn't speak more highly of this song. Absolutely love this song. So uh, verse one, most worthy, worthy of praise, exalted above all things. My God, you are my God. Very simple, right? Yep. It's just a worthy exaltation. Verse two, your splendor and majesty, your wonder fills everything. My God, you are my God. Simple lyrics that are like so glorifying about kind of the vastness, how huge and how most worthy of praise God is. Easy to then understand. Comes yeah. to the chorus, very simple. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord Almighty, seated on the throne, seated on the throne of glory, high and lifted up. Your presence fills the temple when we worship you. Oh, we worship you. I mean, this song is so good. Now, one of my favorite parts of the song is getting to the bridge. Yeah, later on. Okay. Man. And it just says some phrases that are very powerful. Hallelujah to the one who came and made a way. Man. Absolutely. Amen. Hallelujah to the one who died and rose again. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah to the only name above all names. He is the only name above all names. Glory and honor and power forever. So this song, super good song. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. If you're a worship leader and you haven't put this one on the list, this checks every single thing biblically, theologically. And I promise you, your people will be singing it long long yeah, after absolutely. you do it for the first time because they're going to connect with it and they're going to go, wow, that was great. That was such a good song. Yeah, and one of the things that's good about that, if you guys go read the lyrics, listen to it, obviously, there are so many great songs in the world 
but they may miss one simple thing. It's like they're singing all these biblical truths, but if you take the perspective of a non-believer, it's like, well, who are you singing to? What I like about this song is it's scattered throughout. You know, like you were just hitting on the bridge, as, as we say, and all these things, hallelujah to the one who did this and that, and uh, the name above all names, glory and honor, power, and then boom, 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 mm-hmm. just keep going. And then it gets into holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord Almighty, you know, and it's just references God, Jesus, Lord. So we may say all the right things, but it's like, well, who are you singing to? <laughs> so this one checks that box yeah. as well, which is great. The only negative I have to say about this song, and again, it goes to the accountability thing, is because they sing, they have high voices, they're great, whatever, doesn't mean you as a worship leader have to do it that high. That's not a yeah. necessarily yeah. a knock on yeah. them. Yeah, it's just, talked about, yeah. Yeah. it's like, I. it's more of a jealousy thing. I wish I could do that. <laughs> so... Yeah, and again, other episodes we'll we'll kind of dive into like, you know, what do you do when you when you're not that level of talent, and how do you still continue to serve even though you have a great voice, but you're just, you know, again, that's an extreme level of talent, and um, and so what do you do? So we can get into that. We'll we'll definitely make an episode according to that. But before we before we wrap this up, the re- one of the reasons I love this song. Once you listen to this song, what you need to do right after is go to Revelation chapter four. Revelation yeah, chapter four man. is is kind of where this song, man, sits. And uh, it's it's about the throne in heaven. And it is such, you will be taken back by going, oh my gosh, this is powerful. Once you realize I've sang the song, you, what, what you're singing matches with the word and that just be able to just kind of come together. And then it just becomes so much bigger. And so uh, Revelation, I'll just use one verse. Revelation 4, chapter 11 says, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor, and power. You created all things, and by your will, they were created and have their being. Mm-hmm. Man, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord Almighty. I mean, amen. This is good. I could say that a thousand times yeah. and be like, Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, definitely a great song, great group. Check it out. They've got some other stuff, more upbeat, slow, whatever your feel is. So check them out. But thanks for joining us this week, man. Go check out that resource planning center. You may already utilize it. Dig into a little bit more. What are the capabilities of it? And if you're involved in worship in any capacity, we challenge you to think about accountability a little bit more, song choice, especially this week, and all that goes into that as well and check out the song glory honor power influence music great song maybe you want to add it to your repertoire at church or just add it to your worship jam playlist whatever the case but as always in the worship recap recap thanks for joining us check out these things reach out to us on social media send us an email we want to hear from you we want to unpack some topics that matter to you so we'll see you next time yeah.